Chapter Twelve of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume Two, Twenty Years After, by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Porthos was discontented with his condition. As they returned toward the castle, D'Artagnan thought of the miseries of poor human nature, always dissatisfied with what it has, ever desirous of what it has not. In the position of Porthos, D'Artagnan would have been perfectly happy, and to make Porthos contented there was wanting, what, five letters to put before his three names, a tiny coronet to paint upon the panels of his carriage? I shall pass all my life, thought D'Artagnan, in seeking for a man who is really contented with his lot. Whilst making this reflection, chance seemed, as it were, to give him the lie direct. Juan Porthos had left him to give some orders. He saw Mousqueton approaching. The face of the steward, despite one slight shade of care, light as a summer cloud, seemed a physiognomy of absolute felicity. "'Here is what I am looking for,' thought D'Artagnan. "'But, alas, the poor fellow does not know the purpose for which I am here.' He then made a sign for Mousqueton to come to him. "'Sir,' said the servant, I have a favor to ask of you. Speak out, my friend. I am afraid to do so. Perhaps you will think, sir, that prosperity has spoiled me. Art thou happy, friend? asked D'Artagnan. As happy as possible. And yet, sir, you may make me even happier than I am. Well, speak, if it depends on me. Oh, sir, it depends on you only. I listen. I am waiting to hear. Sir, the favor I have to ask of you is not to call me Mousqueton, but Mouston. Since I have had the honor of being my lord's steward, I have taken the last name as more dignified and calculated to make my inferiors respect me. You, sir, know how necessary subordination is in any large establishment of servants. D'Artagnan smiled. Porthos wanted to lengthen out his names, Mousqueton to cut his short. "'Well, my dear Mouston,' he said, "'rest satisfied, I will call thee Mouston, and if it makes thee happy, I will not tutoyer you any longer.' "'Oh!' cried Mousqueton, reddening with joy. "'If you do me, sir, such honor, I shall be grateful all my life. It is too much to ask.' "'Alas!' thought d'artagnan it is very little to offset the unexpected tribulations i am bringing to this poor devil who has so warmly welcomed me will monsieur remain long with us asked mousqueton with a serene and glowing countenance i go to-morrow my friend replied d'artagnan ah monsieur said mousqueton then you have come here only to awaken our regrets i fear that is true said d'artagnan in a low voice d'artagnan was secretly touched with remorse not at inducing porthos to enter into schemes in which his life and fortune would be in jeopardy for porthos in the title of baron had his object and reward but poor mousqueton whose only wish was to be called mouston was it not cruel to snatch him from the delightful state of peace and plenty in which he was he was thinking of these matters when Porthos summoned him to dinner. "'What? To dinner?' 
said D'Artagnan. "'What time is it, then?' "'Eh, why, it is after one o'clock.' "'Your home is a paradise, Porthos. One takes no note of time. I follow you, though. I am not hungry.' "'Come, if one can't always eat, one can always drink. A maxim of poor Athos.' the truth of which i have discovered since i began to be lonely d'artagnan who as a gascon was inclined to sobriety seemed not so sure as his friend of the truth of athos's maxim but he did his best to keep up with his host meanwhile his misgivings in regard to mousqueton recurred to his mind and with greater force because mousqueton though he did not himself wait on the table which would have been beneath him in his new position appeared at the door from time to time and evinced his gratitude to d'artagnan by the quality of the wine he directed to be served therefore when at dessert upon a sign from d'artagnan porthos had sent away his servants and the two friends were alone porthos said d'artagnan who will attend you in your campaigns why replied porthos mouston of course this was a blow to d'artagnan he could already see the intendant's beaming smile change to a contortion of grief but he said mouston is not so young as he was my dear fellow besides he has grown fat and perhaps has lost his fitness for active service that may be true replied porthos but i am used to him and besides he wouldn't be willing to let me go without him he loves me so much oh blind self-love thought d'artagnan and you asked porthos haven't you still in your service your old lackey that good that brave that intelligent uh, what then is his name planchet yes i have found him again but he is lackey no longer what is he then with his sixteen hundred franc you remember the sixteen hundred franc he earned at the siege of la rochelle by carrying a letter to lord de winter he has set up a little shop in the rue de Lombard and is now a confectioner ah he is a confectioner in the rue de Lombard. how does it happen then that he is in your service he has been guilty of certain escapades and fears he may be disturbed and the musketeer narrated to his friend planchet's adventure well said porthos if anyone had told you in the old times that the day would come when planchet would rescue rochefort and that you would protect him in it i should not have believed him but men are changed by events there is nothing truer than that said porthos but what does not change or changes for the better is wine taste of this it is a spanish wine which our friend athos thought much of at that moment the steward came in to consult his master upon the proceedings of the next day and also with regard to the shooting party which had been proposed tell me mouston said porthos are my arms in good condition your arms my lord what arms zounds my weapons what weapons my military weapons yes my lord at any rate 
I think so. Make sure of it, and if they want it, have them burnished up. Which is my best cavalry horse? Vulcan. And the best hack? Bayard. What horse dost thou choose for thyself? I like Rustaud, my lord, a good animal whose paces suit me. Strong, thinkest thou? Half Norman, half Mecklenburger, it will go night and day. That will do for us. See to the horses. Polish up or make someone else polish my arms. Then take pistols with thee and a hunting knife are we then going to travel my lord asked mousqueton rather uneasy something better still mouston an expedition sir asked the steward whose roses began to change into lilies we are going to return to the service mouston replied porthos still trying to restore his mustache to the military curl it had long lost. Into the service, the king's service. Mousqueton trembled. Even his fat, smooth cheeks shook as he spoke, and he looked at D'Artagnan with an air of reproach. He staggered, and his voice was almost choked. Yes and no, we shall serve in a campaign, seek out all sorts of adventures, return, in short, to our former life. These last words fell on Mousqueton like a thunderbolt. It was those very terrible old days that made the present so excessively delightful, and the blow was so great he rushed out, overcome, and forgot to shut the door. The two friends remained alone to speak of the future and to build castles in the air. The good wine which Mousqueton had placed before them traced out in glowing drops to D'Artagnan a fine perspective shining with quadruples and pistoles, and showed to Porthos a blue ribbon and a ducal mantle. They were, in fact, asleep on the table when the servants came to light them to their bed. Mousqueton was, however, somewhat consoled by D'Artagnan, who the next day told him that in all probability war would always be carried on in the heart of Paris and within reach of the Chateau de Vallon, which was near Corbeil or Bressieux, which was near Melun and of Pierrefonds, which was between Compagne and Villa Cotterette. But formerly it appears, began Mousqueton timidly. Oh, said D'Artagnan, we don't now make war as we did formerly. Today it's a sort of diplomatic arrangement. Ask Planchet. Mousqueton inquired, therefore, the state of the case of his old friend, who confirmed the statement of D'Artagnan. But he added in this war prisoners stand a chance of being hung the deuce they do said mousqueton i think i should like the siege of rochelle better than this war then porthos meantime asked d'artagnan to give him his instructions how to proceed on his journey four days replied his friend are necessary to reach blois one day to rest there, three or four days to return to Paris. Set out, therefore, in a week, with your suite, and go to the Hotel de la Chevrette, Rue Tiqueton, and there await me. That's agreed, said Porthos. 
As to myself, I shall go around to see Athos, for though I don't think his aid worth much, one must with one's friends observe all due politeness, said D'Artagnan. The friends then took leave of each other on the very border of the estate of Pierrefonds, to which Porthos escorted his friend. At least, D'Artagnan said to himself as he took the road to Villarcotterets, at least I shall not be alone in my undertaking. That devil Porthos is a man of prodigious strength. Still, if Athos joins us, well, we shall be three of us to laugh at Aramis, that little coxcomb with his too good luck. At Villers-Cotterets, he wrote to the cardinal, My lord, I have already one man to offer to your eminence, and he is well worth twenty men. I am just setting out for Blois. The Comte de la Fere inhabits the castle of Bragelonne in the environs of that city. End of chapter 12. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.